Good morning to you, and now it's time to say good morning to Dr. Andrew Corbett. Hello, sir. How are you today? Morning, Cameron. Great to be with you. Great to come up to the station this morning, and the first thing that I'm struck by, and I've just taken a photo of it and put it on Twitter, is the solar panel uh, framework. It's, Indeed. Uh, we've got... Uh, it, it, it almost makes us feel like I'm in parks, New South yeah. Wales or something, you know. <laughs> we've got... We've, th- this is just so exciting because mm. so many people said that we could never do what we're now looking at, Cameron. Yeah, exactly. And to think that just a few years ago, um, you know, YFM was really, really struggling. But with the help of sponsors and particularly our listening supporters, just so thrilling that, that, that people have given YFM a huge vote of confidence with their prayerful and financial support that has enabled us to be able to do what we do and yeah and of course that's just the that that, that's not the end game that's just the means to the end And, and and the end game for us is the fact that we're we're continually hearing stories of people's lives that have been turned around and changed for the positive and this is our currency this is this is why we do what we do it, for, you know, for some people, radio is just, you know, here or there. But for us, it it almost literally is. And sorry if I sound intense. We'll go back to some good breakfast radio in a moment. <laughs> but really, for us, it, it, it almost literally is life and death. Where we, we are, we, we more than, as far as I'm aware, any other station, in the, at least in the north of our state, and arguably our state, deal with people. And are dealing with people that are that are often at their lowest point, and we're dealing with people that not only at their lowest point, where they they contemplate things that that really are destructive and not helpful, and they their their thinking becomes distorted. They begin to think they're of no value. They begin to think they're of no use to anybody. They begin to have these horrible thoughts that life just is not worth living. And they hear something on YFM where even our, our, you know, our new catch cry, Radio for Life, is, is something that is not for us just a cute motto, Cameron. As no, you know, this, yeah, is, exactly. this is real. This is very, very real for us. And we heard at uh, one of our supporter dinners not that long ago the story of, of someone who... They, by, by their own admission, their life had had reached bottom, and they they were doing a fair car drive uh, to and from work each day, and they happened to turn on to him and mm. the result was that literally their entire life direction was turned around for the positive. And I'm looking at these solar panels, and I'm 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 very emotional about the fact that it's our supporters that have made this happen. It, we we asked people to help. And can I just say to you, our supporters, you did. There were uh, pensioners, mums and dads who chipped in $2, $5 to make this happen. There were business people that chipped in 5000 10000 and at one point $20,000 to make this happen. We're, yeah. we're um, now just in the final stages of it. We just need a little bit more just to finish this pro- part of the project off. So if you're able to continue to support us in this, especially... Before June 29, uh, all gifts to AFM are tax deductible. It would really help at at this time. So I'm looking at this, and and it's just 
just wonderful. Is, just absolutely wonderful. Uh, we had um, uh, Jeff Hill from Hills Homes uh, donate his services to construct it. And uh, he's just done a magnificent job. And as usual, as uh, anybody who knows uh, Jeff Hill, if you've ever had him build your house or anything like that, you'll know that uh, you, you don't get in his way. Because yeah. once this thing starts, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be done very, very quickly and very yes, efficiently. and it has. And that is amazing. certainly the case here. So thank you, uh, Jeff uh, Hill. Uh, from Hills Homes, uh, just just uh, fantastic supporter of the station, fantastic job in uh, doing these solar panels. Just just wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Cameron, uh, I'm a, a little bit of a student of history, and I, um, I, you know, it, it, that could be code for boring, but uh, I actually f- find history fascinating. And as a Christian, I find Christian history or church history fascinating mm. uh, because th- we, we often see history repeat itself. And one of the things that I notice, in, particularly in church history, is, is how often we today are facing what we consider to be a controversy that was actually dealt with, oftentimes dealt with, centuries ago. And when we look at the controversies that the, the Christian church has, has had to deal with, we, we can see that some of these have been huge, just phenomenal uh, controversies. And uh, we, I, I guess I, I look at them and I, I, I actually, strangely enough, draw parenting lessons <laughs> from how these controversies have, have, have played themselves out. Mm. So in a roundabout sort of way, you, you may listen to this and think, oh, man, I, look, I could care less about history. I've got, you know, I'm trying to put bread on the table this week and I'm, you know, and then you, I've got relationships that have fallen apart and my family and all the rest of it and what on earth has this got to do with me? Well, I actually think it's got a lot to do with these issues. And... One of the one of the things I, I, I look at it is the fact that that God has He's put people in charge of His enterprise. Now that you know, quite frankly, if I was God, I'm not sure I would do that, Cameron. I don't know if I would want someone like me working on God's behalf if I was God. Uh, I, I I find that quite intriguing. <laughs> If you think about it, most of the offensive things that happen in Christianity has got nothing to do with God. No, it's, that's absolutely right. It's it's usually people like me who do really jerky things that, yes. that, that offend people. And then we blame God. And then God ends up getting you yeah. know, short-shafted, yeah. essentially. Um, and, and through the centuries, we, we can see, in fact, down the last two millennia, um, we can see that... The church has had to deal with some really, really big issues. Uh, really, Christianity's had to deal with some, some huge things that, that come into the category of controversy. And um, when, when we, you know, I, I look at this and I, and I go, well, why would God even let the church get into such a, a mess? Um, 
And and the simple answer is that he he has a, a good wise plan for it, and that in his wisdom he's allowed it. And because he's allowed it, uh, we can see that he's he's got somehow a a really good plan in mind, and and he will let things seemingly go from bad to worse when in fact really in his scheme of things they're they're not going from bad to worse at all they're actually completely in order everything's under control and i look at this sometimes uh, this point here how the church has dealt with controversy how it's had to dialogue through it how it's had to unpack it how it's tried to resolve these things and i think you know the church is kind of like just any other family and one of the really beautiful things that we have here in Tasmania is the opportunity to interact with a very diverse a range of of Christian traditions and and I, I love the richness of the Christian traditions that uh, Protestants Catholics and and the various denominations bring to the table and and I I, I know people in each of these, streams these traditions of christianity and and most of them cameron easily most of them are very sincere um very devout yes uh, very kind and generous people and yet we look at this down through the ages and think well how on earth did did so many of these divisions creep into the church i mean how come there's so many different denominations and some people even call these denominations religions which is actually a category error it's not they're not really different religions they're just what we call denominations in the same sense that if you opened up your wallet back in the days when we used to have cash now that i'm married i <laughs> anyway what are um, you saying i'm saying i'm married <laughs> and you open up your wallet and you'll have um a a five dollar note, a ten dollar note, a twenty dollar note, a fifty dollar note. We call those denominations. Those those are the denominations of money. And in the same sense, they we, we talk about the the different streams of church, and we call those denominations as well. Not in the same sense of uh, money value. One's more superior to another. Not not in that sense, but just in the sense of distinguishing. They are. They are different. And when I look at this, Cameron, I I think, you know, there's some lessons here to learn for families that sometimes we we make mountains out of molehills. We we get involved in fights and don't really think through the long-term ramifications of doing so. And there's, there's, there's there's a great lot of wisdom to learn from looking at history and seeing what what was considered to be a major controversy what was considered to be a minor controversy how they were dealt with at the time and how we might draw some of these lessons both through our life because cameron you, you will invariably have conflict and controversy in your life you will you, you be, by virtue of being human interacting with other humans this will be your story you will so what I want to do is I want to come back after this music break and, and let's let's count down the five biggest controversies 
that the church has had to deal with over the last 2,000 years. And then right at the end, I want to look at what we can learn for our own life and our own families, our own relationships, by looking at the world's largest organization. And that's what the church is, Cameron. There is not an organization on the planet bigger than the church, more influential than the capital C church. So this is not something that can be ignored. Even if you're not a Christian, there's still lessons you can learn by looking at how the church has dealt with these controversies. Okay, heavy stuff, but uh, I think we'll get some uh, real benefit out in the end. More with Dr. Andrew Corbett shortly here on YFM. Yes, what an awesome concept that is, to have coffee with Jesus. That's uh, music from the New Zealand group, The Lads. What do you reckon, uh, Andrew? Um... Yeah. <laughs> He's speechless. Well, Cameron, sometimes there are really trendy pop songs, aren't there? Yes, and there are. They yes. have a great beat and great melody and yes. Sometimes the sometimes the concept behind it may not match the <laughs> Anyway. That's controversy for you. That's why I played it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cameron. When we when we look at uh, Christianity, we uh, today we might think, how on earth could anything about Christianity be controversial? It's so widely accepted. It's regarded as one of the world's major religions. I mean, uh, arguably a third of the world ascribes to Christianity in one form or another. That is pretty phenomenal acceptance how on earth could anything you know about christianity be controversial well from the outset christianity was controversial from the very outset Mm. and um we we see that when christianity began it started off as what was essentially a sect of judaism just a branch of judaism and in fact this became the first controversy because what happened was that it became pretty clear that that was not the intention of Jesus the Christ. He he had told his disciples, his followers, to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, all people. And today we read that fairly uncontroversially, but put yourself back in you know, the land of Israel, the first century, that was a radical concept. That was an absolutely radical concept. And so even those people who believed that Jesus was who he said he was, could many of them could not get their head around the fact that Jesus was now opening up um, this this wonderful privilege of having right standing before God to all in sundry. Uh, because... You know, surely God had one people who who were ethnically defined. And this was the very first controversy the church faced. And the question was asked, who can join? Now, the, the who can join bit was, if you read through the Bible, you actually read that a great controversy, I think it even uses this language, a great controversy broke out, leading to the fact that the church had to stop just it basically had to stop doing business it had to stop doing what it was doing and all of the church leaders of of the early first century met in jerusalem for an emergency council meeting and we find this in uh, recorded in the book of acts acts chapter 15 and it's called the jerusalem council 
and it, it had to it had to thrash out this controversy. You had those people on the one side who were saying, "Well, Christianity is the continuation of the Old Testament; it's the continuation of Judaism. Therefore, in order to become a Christian, you firstly have to become a Jew, and you're continuing on with that." So it involved things like certain requirements, like circumcision for men, a temple officiation temple uh, practices where you, you were still required to go to the temple offer certain the sacrifice of Moses and this this was strongly objected to by uh, the Apostle Paul and others and they they as they discussed all this eventually the half-brother of Jesus Christ himself his name was James stood up and he was the most respected leader in the church in that day. And one of the reasons was because he, uh, even though he was the, the younger brother of Jesus, um, obviously they didn't share the same father, but they shared the same mother, he was well known as being someone who did not believe his brother. He was an opponent of his brother. Can you believe that? He grew up with Jesus Christ, and yet he did not believe who Jesus claimed to be he's just my brother he didn't believe him and it wasn't until after jesus was crucified and then rose again from the dead that we read in first corinthians 15 that the resurrected jesus the jesus who was dead was now physically alive physically appeared to his his half-brother james after his resurrection and james world was completely transformed and james became a believer it's an, uh, one of the most radical, astonishing conversions in human history. And so when James stood up, he said, it, it, it's pretty clear based on what we're hearing, is that you don't have to do anything to be made right with God. And you certainly don't have to be born into a certain family or ethnic heritage to be made right with God. All you have to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now that was that was just absolutely radical, and he he went on to say, and if you do that, it means that you won't practice idolatry, fornication, which is uh, uh, sex sex without marriage, and and you won't live the same as you did before you came to Christ, and and everyone goes, well, that makes sense, and this was Christianity's biggest controversy. It it, it stood to be the death knell of Christianity within, you know, the first two decades of its establishment, Cameron. Mm. And if this had not been resolved, we would not be having this discussion today. There would be no Christianity if this controversy wasn't resolved. No. Notice how they did it? They came together, they discussed. Was it heated? Yeah, my word, it was heated. Did did everyone allow the, the discussion to continue and, and for dialogue to happen? Yes, they did. And what happened? They came to a reasonable conclusion which people generally saw as a consensus. And, and not only as a consensus, they actually saw it as the solution. Cameron, that was Christianity's first biggest controversy. And look how they dealt with it. Let's come back after the 9 o'clock news. We're going to come down to the next four controversies and they only get bigger. Okay, the 9 o'clock news. Here it is now. 
Partly cloudy for Launceston today with rain during this evening. Let's enjoy the sunny weather while it lasts. Winds northerly and light tending northwesterly 15 to 20 kilometres an hour in the morning, then increasing to 25 to 40 kilometres an hour in the middle of the day. So a little bit of wind around. 13 degrees the top with showers clearing. 3 to 12 tomorrow. Shower or two increasing on Friday, 3 to 15. And showers easing Saturday, 6 to 13. So probably not a great deal of rain around, but uh, enough to just make it a, a nuisance factor once again. Currently in town, it's four degrees. We're talking today with Dr. Andrew Corbett about the uh, five biggest controversies in Christianity, and uh, we've only just begun. Yeah, we have, and it was it, it just boy, that was a, that was a really close shave when the Jerusalem Council met. Christianity was on the brink; it, it could have easily self-destructed, and so they they had to work through this controversy. They had to talk it through. They had to dialogue. They had to listen to each other's different perspectives on it. And they were able to resolve it in a way that everybody was appeased. People were corrected. And people had some people came away seeing things a little bit differently. Even those who held their position recognised in a fresh way the concerns that other people had. So the, the next biggest controversy began to emerge toward the end of the first century. It, it, we begin to see hints of it as we read through the New Testament. And the New Testament, if, you ha- if, no one's, um, if someone hasn't read the New Testament, you'll be perhaps surprised to, to see that the Bible is really different to any other religious book. All other religious books are often times collections of <clears throat> wise sayings or collections of just things put together whereas the bible is 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 more or less 70% story and the the it's it's in two parts the the older part the newer part and what makes one older is whether it was before jesus the bit that makes it newer is since jesus so when, when you read through the older part, you're actually reading the story, the unfolding of God's dealings with the creation of man, and man uh, then becomes, uh, God, God selects a family, that family becomes a nation, that nation then g- eventually gives birth to the Messiah of the entire world. And we've just seen from the first controversy, it wasn't God's intention that just one ethnic group uh, made it to heaven, but that all people from all places of all times had equal access to be able to receive his forgiveness. And that's why Jesus died, and that was the very first controversy that the church had to settle. The next controversy is, is one of those core ones, and, and it is this. Who was Jesus Christ? Now, there were people, remarkably today, it might sound strange, there there were people today, toward the end of the first century, who actually had no problem. In fact, most most of the general acceptance was that Jesus Christ was divine. He was he was God. He existed before he was born. Now, that was not a controversial concept in the first century. Not at all. Just easily accepted. 
what was controversial and what might surprise us today is the other side of that same truth, and that is that he became a man. And one of the reasons is there was this guy by the name of Plato. You may have heard of Plato. Didn't he invent the plate? No, sorry. No, not quite. <laughs> I got that from Red Dwarf, mate. Don't oh, worry. Right? Yes, yeah, they, did, they did say that once. Okay. But I knew it wasn't true. <laughs> um, no, Cameron. Plato was a Greek thinker. And these guys um, were, were thinkers who, who, by their own admission, loved to think and they loved to find wisdom. And in, in Greek, there's that kind of love is called phileo, a phileo and uh, wisdom is sophia. That's the, so. Ah, oh, is that right? Yeah. So, so wis, the word wisdom is Sophia. So, if you know anybody whose name is Sophia or Sophie, Ooh. it means wisdom. Good. good All right. So, so philosophia, philosophy is the love of wisdom, and so Plato mm. is somebody who was uh, a philosopher, someone who loved to think about wisdom, and one of one of the concepts that they developed. Around around this time was that matter, that is, you know, um, your your body, your stuff that you can touch. Matter was inherently bad for us. It it sort of you know it, it your body has certain appetites, hunger and sleep and thirst and and even for sexual intimacy and things like that. And and these guys said, look, th- these things are just a just a distraction from doing the higher things that human beings can do, such as think about wisdom. And so they ended up with this this idea that matter or physicality is actually bad and evil, and spiritual or intellectual things are actually the higher good. And so you had you had this kind of thinking come down even affecting many jews and uh, many christians in the in the fir- late first century um, this pl- platonism the idea the ideas of plato and that led them to think well hang on if if matter if 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 our bodies are actually evil and and they they kind of pointed to the apostle paul talking about flesh being evil or bad and they said well therefore jesus could not have possibly have been a real man couldn't possibly have had a real body couldn't possibly have been fully human and this actually this this became a big controversy a big controversy and they they really had to sort this one out who was jesus and it it led to a council being called in uh, a, a place called uh, Nicaea in Turkey, where eventually uh, some uh, several hundred church leaders got together, and there were people representing the various views that Jesus was a created being. There were some people who said uh, Jesus w- w- did pre-exist before he became a human. Um, he was probably an angel. Some suggested even Michael, the archangel. And they they had to talk this one through. It, was, was he uncreated, pre-existent, uncreated, uh, or was he someone? Was he the first of God's creation? 
and not really human, not really divine, but something like that. And so at Nicaea, they, they talked about it and they eventually landed on where the, where the evidence led them. And the evidence led them to conclude that if God, who is described as the eternal, immutable, immutable means does not change. I know there's big words, Cameron. Words. <laughs> I can see you writing them down. Oh, for yeah, 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 later yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder and, if they do the exact... No, I won't go there. Um, <laughs> that... Uh, they they concluded that since God is the eternal immutable Father, immutable, yes, immutable like Father, word, yes. the only way you can be the eternal Father is if you have an eternal Son, and and if you've got an etern- eternal means no beginning, no end, always exists, and and if that's the case, then Jesus the Christ must have always pre-existed he he must if he's eternal and he and and they looked at the all the evidence that where he described himself as eternal i mean he he invokes the what's called the the the, the tetragrammaton the 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 no, that's a bit good too isn't it he he invoked what jews regarded as the eternal name of god which is yahweh or i am and they realized that this is no mere man and and they they came to a, a conclusion that he was fully god fully man they also had to figure out how this fitted in with um the the you know how, did this make him a lesser god than god the father did it how did this work and so they began to explore that that God is is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and has always been, always exists. Um, one God, three persons, but one God. And they, this is this is what Christianity has referred to as the Trinity. We just don't have a, a much better word than that to d- to describe the nature of God. And that was a controversy that was averted. Now, today we hear of people who still hold to some of these diverse ideas, but essentially that matter was dealt with in the early 4th century uh, AD. And it, it again, it shows here's a, a heated dispute, very controversial ideas with huge ramifications. And the church met together, discussed it, dialogued over it. it it took a long time this was a, a process of meetings over um 18 months two years or so so uh this this uh for many people who go to perhaps more what we call liturgical churches they will often recite that creed the nicene creed and it's still used in churches today because the the, the conclusions have not been bettered um, from what they were able to, to see. Cameron, let's come back after the next music break and we're going to come down the home stretch and look at the three and we're, and we're just getting bigger. We are. The controversies are going to get bigger after okay. this music break. Well, we better get a cup of coffee and then and, and listen up. Um, a cup of coffee perhaps from these guys. 
Casting crowns and uh, if this world ne- or what this world needs, and I guess that's a controversial, a controversial statement in the eyes of the world, Andrew. Well, it is, it is. It's actually a, a good segue to where we where we're going to go. But before we yes. get there, want to want to deal with um, we've 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 dealt with some of the biggest controversies historically that the church has had to deal with and. And really making the point that okay, we've got controversy. There, there's look, the the ch- this is, you know, the church is not what we might call a clean skin. You know, there's some, there's some, there's some family history here, Cameron. You know, and we've yeah. and 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 yeah. as the a, a church family, down through the last two millennia, we've actually had to deal with a lot of stuff that was very controversial, and the. We've seen that the the biggest one was who can join. Do you have to be a Jew to become a Christian? That was a huge issue, and well, it was mm. dealt with. And we, the early church, essentially was able to uh, see that the data showed that uh, Christianity w- w- was a matter of grace, not race. It's not a matter of your ethnicity. It's it's a matter of where your faith is and so we then saw that the 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 next biggest controversy the church had to deal with was who was jesus christ was he an angel who became a man was he a a, a ghost who never really you know like a a, some kind of um good spirit but never really a real human being that that they had to really deal with that one or was he as a lot of the data seemed to indicate the eternal son of god who became flesh, he became a human being and gave up the prerogatives of being the eternal God to become a man and forever is now the God-man, fully human, fully divine. And that's where the church landed on that one uh, because of the data. And then the next biggest issue the church had to face was this, who is the rightful leader of the church? Who's the rightful leader of the church? Now, Cameron, I'm sure from your understanding of history, the year 1054 stands out to you. No. You're supposed to say, oh, yes. Of course, the Great Schism is what you're about to tell me. Of course, yes. The Great great Schism. That's right, of 1054. Of course, if you're English, you're probably going to say 1066, and and that that marks a a beginning point in in English history. But but really, in, in world history, 1054 was a huge year. It's called the Great Schism. It's when this question began to be dealt with, and and this question was was really not settled for the next. Can you believe it? The next five hundred years, this question was was a controversial question, and the Great Schism is where you had a pope in uh, Rome and a bishop in Constantinople. Uh, called a patriarch, who both claimed preeminence over the church, over over all Christians, and this became a huge controversy. So, so much of a controversy that they both excommunicated each other. Uh, one became the Western Church, one became the Eastern Church. The Western Church known took the took the title uh, or took the, took the name uh, Roman. Catholicism, based in Rome. Catholicism means universal. 
and the Eastern Church, um, you know, took it no less a magnanimous name. They took the Orthodox Church, which mm. means true and right. So they kind of both took these really, you know, very important names to describe their their branches of the church. And this schism um, lasted for, well, in fact, I think it was only a few decades ago that, that each branch of the church actually lifted their excommunication of each other off. So the, the actual issue wasn't really settled in the minds of, of many people until a period known as the Reformation. And it was leading up to the Reformation that, that the Roman Catholic Church actually at one point had multiple popes. Mo, mo, there were some two or three uh, men who were claiming to be the rightful pope. And so it, it, got, it got a little bit ridiculous. And along came Martin Luther around the 1500s, around 1520 or so, and he posted on the door of Wittenberg what he called 95 theses and these 95 theses were 95 questions for discussion and it really came to it, it it brought things to a head where eventually people began to go hang on a minute we're asking the wrong question it's not uh, who does jesus want to lead his church on earth it's that he thinks he's the rightful head of the church on earth. And, and a whole bunch of people protested the idea that any one particular man was the head of the church on earth. And this is where the term Protestant or Protestant comes from. Now, of course, there are still people who, you know, debate this today. But essentially, the birth of, of, uh, of Protestant denominationalism came in around that time when people said, look, the church doesn't need one universal human leader. We, we have Jesus Christ. And, and the church can be organized into much smaller branches or, or groups of Christians, and they're called denominations. So that was a, a huge thing. That a controversy that was dealt with from around that time. Now today, Cameron, there are some really fine um, Orthodox Christians, really fine Roman Catholic Christians, and really fine Protestant Christians. And one of the really yeah. sweet things about being in Tasmania is that we're a small island where two, you know, or a thousand years removed from some of these controversies that took place on a, on a, a continent away, and they actually mean very little to us today. And so we're able to find far more agreement than than perhaps people yeah. give us credit for. Okay, here's the, the, we're coming down to the last two. The second greatest controversy that the church has had to deal with, and, and many would actually argue the greatest, because it came around about the time of settling this issue of who's the rightful leader of the church. And, and it was this, how does someone become a Christian? Because on the one hand, you had people saying, all you have to do is to join the church. We'll, we'll baptize you into the church, uh, put you through a ceremony, and then that by default you become a Christian. And there, there was a, a group of people who were protesting this idea who said, no, becoming a Christian is a, is a matter of God doing something in us, not us doing something that meets God's approval. And this was a huge issue, and it resulted in... 
the 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 what's called the five solas, um, and and one of those five solas, the Latin term sola, which means alone, um, but sola gra- gracias by faith or sola gracia, grace alone, sola fide, um, uh, soli fide is faith alone, sola scriptura, the scriptures alone, um, and uh, sola. Uh, Christo, I think it is, uh, Christ alone. And so you have uh, the Scriptures alone, Christ alone, grace alone, faith alone can make someone a Christian. Now, the, the, the point there is that the answer to the question, what do you have to do to become a Christian, is actually a trick question. Because where the controversy was resolved was you, you don't do anything to become a Christian. Otherwise, it's it's your efforts, and if it's your efforts, it's not what the Bible teaches, which is a gift from God, the grace of God. Grace is not a reward. Grace is giving you something you don't deserve. And this was captured wonderfully in that song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound who saved a wretch wretch like, like me. me, a wretch like me. And grace doesn't say, hey, you're not so bad. Grace actually says, you're really bad. Grace actually says to each of us, you're a wretch. And I know, no one need, no, you don't need to rub my nose in it. I know I am. And this makes God's forgiveness of me through Christ all the more amazing. And if there are people listening today and they think they have to do a whole lot of religious duties and they're under the, a phenomenally unbearable burden of guilt, as many people in the cults are who don't understand this, there is some great news for you that you can receive God's grace. God's grace. You don't have to do anything. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. otherwise it's, it's not God's gift to you of grace. And then fifthly, and we've run out of time to discuss it, but I'll just put it on the table. It's this. This this, uh, this is the, the, the biggest controversy today that the church is dealing with, and it's this. Is the Bible a divinely inspired book, or is it the outdated opinions of man? And this discussion is being is 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 happening right now, Cameron, yes. as many people are talking yes. about well, the Bible couldn't possibly have known about genetics. It couldn't possibly have known about astrophysics. It couldn't possibly have known about Big Bang cosmology. It couldn't possibly have known about what we know, uh, possibly about microevolution and um, and things like this. Therefore, there are there there are whole swathes of scriptures, the Bible, that we have to just you know dismiss because they surely cannot have any credibility in the modern era. And that's a discussion that's happening right now, and there's been all kinds of councils that have met to affirm what's called the inerrancy of the Bible. And if you were in Launceston around the time of uh, Easter, you would have heard Dr. Hugh Ross show how the Bible, remarkably, from thousands of years ago, actually got so much of what modern science is now telling us correct. And so the... There is great reason to see that the Bible is correct when it talks about things like human morality, sexuality, mm. science, origins, all those things. And so this is a controversy that's happening now. But my, my advice to anybody who wants to sort of explore this is read it. Go to Quran, grab yourself a Bible, and have a look at it. 
Karen, there's five controversies that were dealt with by the church. They give us some great encouragement for how we can do life ourselves, how we sure. can resolve controversies, how families can sort things out. And sometimes I think you need to talk things through. Sometimes you just need to let things go. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Other times you do need to dialogue and get these things sorted. And these are some of the lessons that we can learn from looking at how the church has resolved these five biggest controversies it's had to face throughout its history. Great work once again, Dr. Andrew Corbett. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, Finding Truth Matters with Dr. Andrew back tomorrow night from 8.30 here at Launceston's YFM. 9.35, we'll be updating, uh, uploading uh, this uh, message to put onto uh, our website for you to download later on today.